0: You are now listening to The Big Data Beer.
1: Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We, this is Kyle Prince here with Brett Roberts. How are you doing, buddy? I'm Doing well. Uh, this is a beautiful day today. Good, good. We are back with the latest installment of our podcast from our road trip to conf. With us, we have a very special team today. Greg and Noah Woodcock, how you guys doing?
2: Good. Thanks for having us. Uh, excited to be here talking to y'all.
1: Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're very, very pleased to be here. Oh, we're thrilled for it too. So, if you can't tell uh, from video, we are sitting in the middle of a Bucky's parking lot in the middle of Terrell, Texas. Is that correct? You got it. So, we are just outside Dallas right now. We have crossed over the Mississippi. We are about in the central God's U.S. country. Yes, and we're going to be heading down to Austin later tonight. But man, we are having a blast right now. We went inside the Bucky's. It was like the Biltmore of gas stations. So in I didn't there. oversell it, did I? It's no. like a little
3: city in there. Like you can get anything. Like yeah, anything you want it, so that
1: you can get absolutely fast. Very Texas.
0: Yeah, it's, it's I, biggest gas station convenience store in the world.
1: I'll tell you too. We uh, we walked in. We were a little hungry, it's perfect. and Did you get some jerky. Uh, we got some beef brisket sandwiches, oh, and if you, you would have told me that I would have enjoyed a six dollar beef brisket sandwich from a gas station, I wouldn't have believed. Well,
0: you. you guys, when we were talking about where to go, you guys said let's try some barbecue. Yeah, and we get them both here.
1: Nailed it, nailed it, awesome. Well, we'll shift a little bit. <laughs> Enough about barbecue, Craig. Why? Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did? How would? How did you get to coming on our podcast? uh so
0: well i can't you'll have to tell me that story but i can i can guess um i'm kind of well you can see i have the fez right so um i'm an inaugural trust member and uh sort of my claim to fame in the splunk world is answers and within answers my claim to fame is spl i'm kind of the um, macgyver of spl okay And, and if you've If you follow me in answers, you'll see I'll do stuff with SPL that is way outside the box. Oh, wow. And so I have, that's kind of my claim to fame. And plus, I've been doing this for almost a decade uh, as Splunkster in Texas. So if you just look, probably what you did is you said, Splunk expert in Texas, because you're coming through Texas. We need to talk to somebody. I'm sure I would have been on the first page. (laughs) You are near the top of the Google search results, right? right? So that's probably how you find this basic Google search. We get plenty of clients just that way. We, we do about two-thirds of our work in Texas.
3: Awesome. So I can attest to this firsthand. Uh, as we were building out our series of dashboards for this road trip, uh, we ran into some uh, SPL issues and some, some searches that just weren't working properly, eval commands, transactions, a lot of different things. And it, you're absolutely right. When you just search how to do this Splunk or how to merge fields, whatever the search is, most of the time, your name comes up as the answer that's been upvoted the most for that. So I've taken some of your uh, your feedback. I switched my fields in there, and it's worked perfectly. So uh, thank you on behalf of the small community, especially the, the newbies out there, for all your help.
1: Even the big data beard team a little bit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, oh, Sometimes ahead. he even forgets that he's answered stuff. We'll be on a project together, and I'll be like, I'm having this problem. I can't figure it out. I'm like, well, I've got a meeting, like you research it. Like I'll have to play with it. I don't know. And I'll be on answers and I'll be like, oh, great. This helped me. Like this solved my question. And I'll look at who answered it, and it'll be him. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know how to fix it? I, you I think saw that's it on
0: I actually do the same thing to myself. I'll <laughs> run into a problem, and I'll go, I wonder how to do this. And I'll Google, and I've actually answered it <laughs> oh before, my gosh. but I forgot that I did. Uh, so
1: it would be safe to say that you have forgotten more Splunk than most people learn.
0: Uh, that's possibly true, because I am a very forgetful person. I, I saw somebody said one time, the, the sign of genius is that you're that you're able to forget things. That, but I don't know. So
1: I must be a genius because I forget a lot of things. I like that a lot. <clears throat> so you are part of the inaugural Splunk Trust Group, correct? Which was founded, I believe that was 2015 was wow. the first year. Yeah. Okay, and and through that you your claim to fame is Splunk Answers. Yes, that's how most people know me. Now you also have another claim to fame locally as well. I believe you are the leader of a user group
0: here. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So we we actually were the very first Splunk user group. Uh, we've been doing Splunk User Group since before, before uh, Splunkster was even a company. One of the principals at Splunk, his name was uh, Eric Garner. He goes by Maverick. Okay. I don't know if you know him. He's retired. I hope he's really rich. I need to catch up with him anyway. <laughs> uh, but when I was a client at Metro PCS, he came in, and I was really on fire because I was really liking Splunk. Because one of the great things about Splunk, and I tell this to people, uh, why should we use Splunk? It's so expensive. Um one of my catchphrases is the time uh, to value is really low with Splunk, but the time to fun is like an order of magnitude lower than that. <laughs> so you'll have fun getting the solution and you'll beat that elk team every time. Cause they'll still be trying to figure out their architecture mm-hmm. or Hadoop. They'll be working on their MapReduce, and you'll be done. You'll, mm-hmm. be, you'll be, you'll be like counting your bonus. Yeah. Um, and wait, I was in the middle of an answer and I sidetracked there. User group, user group, Find right? Local. So Maverick, uh, I was on fire as a client, and Maverick was on my team. I got all the all the good guys. I got uh, I got Deep, I got Kenopathy, oh, yeah. I got Michael Wild, uh, and your phone support team, right? Yeah, we yeah. we just we got we got the A team because we were their first uh, telecom telecom vertical. Thank you, Noah. And uh, Maverick said, "You know what? You're so." Excited about this, and I've been thinking about this. while wow, why don't we start a user group? So we were the very first one. Oh wow! Um, and we've been doing it ever since. Wow! For about 10-11 years now. Now, how big is the user group? It, it maxed out about fifty. We consistently get about thirty. Wow! Um, we when we when we maxed out, I made a mistake. I took a summer off, mm. and it 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 destroyed the cohesion. It fell off everybody's calendar, mm-hmm. and it and it shrunk down to like ten. When we came back after the summer, so if you're doing a user group, don't don't take y- any breaks. Yeah, Stick to a consistent schedule.
2: It's, it's back up, yeah, and it's uh it varies because we try to DFW is so big, and we're the only really we, realistically, you could do a Plano user group and a Dallas user group, mm-hmm. and a Fort Worth user group. So we try to move around. So sometimes it's ten, and sometimes it's twenty five, and it just varies depending on the location as we try to cater to people that way. Absolutely. We we have some
0: really good uh, partners in the area who open up space to us, so um, we always have a venue. We did have a guy that drove from Waco, though, which is about two
2: hours outside of Dallas, and he drove just for user group, that one
0: two-hour period. He drove two hours each way. I think we have about 300 subscribers to the user group, but about 50 show up, and it's about the same 20 guys every time and then a different 20, 30
1: guys, depending on the topic. Yeah. Or the location. So quite a passionate community here in the Dallas area. What are some of those topics? I know when we were planning this meetup here, we had a
3: couple
0: ideas that we were tossing around. But in the past, what have you done? Well, I tr- I like to talk, and I've been doing Splunk a long time. So uh, we can do the Greg show every single month. <laughs> but I try not to do that. So at every event that we have, I'm tr- really trying to find find out what people are doing. And i'll say that sounds really interesting why don't you present on that and so our topics come the majority of them come from the needs of our the users that show up at user group and generally about half the time the user group members are presenting so it's very organic and it's very of the moment need based Mm -hmm. and very topical and we've had some really good uh presentations from internally and then sometimes Splunk will throw a guy, there'll be a big wig from Splunk in town. Sometimes
2: it's a another product as well. Like a, somebody will say, hey, do you know about, uh, what was the storage one? Swift Store? Uh, Smart Store. Smart, Smart Store. V- store. Yes. We had a guy. You no, know, do you know about this? No, we don't. But I know a guy who does Smart Store, and we contacted him, and he said, well, I'll be in Dallas. You know, how about I come speak at the user group? So, you know, there was really only the one person who was interested in it. That but was hard work. They were in though. town. And Everybody he came in came. and did it for
0: us came for that and they peppered him like he said this is the best event I've ever done we wore him out though like he was (laughs) sweating uh and we gave him some feature ideas and everything and we said what about this like it it was oh yeah uh, we're very active and we interrupt our presenters a lot it's very uh, it's a lot
2: of smart it's a lot of nerds it's not like a lot of beginners that come in like oh i don't really know what
1: splunk was like i want to learn about it yeah a lot of people
2: who are deep deep in the trenches with splunk
1: well, it yeah. seems very uh, exciting, warm, and welcoming to be a part of that versus just having somebody sit back and not listen and not not be super engaged. Oh, for sure. So There's really always good. good Q&A and discussion.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I belong to the, the Boston user group, and same thing. We have people come from all over the New England area because that is the only user group uh, in New England. Uh, and, and very deep technical knowledge. A few people from the Splunk Trust are part of that as well. But there is an interesting one that is on your calendars, I think, for November or December, or supposed to be this month, uh, where you're flying somebody in to do something with arcades or something like that. Yeah. there's. Let, let's try and grow this to <clears throat> more than 300 people. Let's give a little, right. uh, yeah, a little what, preview. What's uh, what's coming on the
0: calendar? So there's a, a guy at Splunk, and he's going to kill me because I forgot his name, uh, but he basically uh, – integrated the mame emulator uh uh-huh. and he's taking uh statistics out of the emulator from classic games oh wow and he's built a, an entire contest out of. It. you know how um bat boss of the sock started yeah it was an in-house uh skunkworks project guy took some data he did a little contest and now look at what it is like it is it is a worldwide thing it's it's an event of itself yeah. at conference like people go to conference just to go to the bottle of the sock (laughs) so this i think could get to be that same way so he he's had a contest in california it was very well attended um and he's had a contest somewhere else and he's going to come in and we're going to give away probably a raspberry Pi, and i'm going to get out a bunch of my so this is probably what you're getting at um for the last 30 years or so i've been a classic video game collector so in fact i have probably the best vectrex collection in the world I'm going to be donating some to the museum in Frisco here. Oh,
1: some wow. of my one-of-a-kind pieces.
2: A, the National Video Game Museum is uh, across town in Frisco. You should check it out. It's I was really going to cool. say,
1: I think cool. we know what we're going to be doing next on the road <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's so we're a pretty
2: fun little thing. It's open on the weekend. It's It's worth going, especially if you grew up on that stuff like me. I only recognized, oh, like wow, there's a PlayStation 1, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. But for him, who grew up on video games, and he remembers the originals, you know, it was really fun to walk through it with him and hear his
0: stories and stuff. Watching Pong go back and forth. I, we built a Pong, my oh, father wow. and I, if, with Heathkit. Like, you could buy kits and solder the stuff together. That was the first video games that you wow. had. You had to build them yourself.
1: Now, you turn this a bit into a business, though, is what I understand. Yes. Uh,
0: so, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So, I've had about a dozen businesses... It, it was my goal from when I first started having children that I would have a business mm-hmm. and my whole family would participate in it. We'd have a family business. And believe it or not, Bucky's is, is a family business. They're a private company. Um, they're way bigger than we are. And so I started a whole bunch of them. And uh, the one that did okay was Coinop. It did okay. okay. So I, I missed the heyday when everybody got rich. Mm-hmm. So you could have one Pac-Man machine at one mm-hmm. location and you could make $10,000 a week. Uh, I missed that. Uh, but I got in and what I ended up with is a, a ton of equipment that paid itself off. So I never really made any money, but I have like two warehouses, it's two, two late, storage units full you know, of equipment. Smartphone wow. So asset rich. <laughs> asset rich. And so the ones that really work are pinball because, um, they, you can't really get it. Like, now you've got Pac-Man on your phone, right? Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. you, you can't, you have to get something really new that's huge, an environment, and, or a racing simulator. And mm-hmm. It's way too expensive. Quite expensive, yeah. But right. pinball, you, you can still mechanical do.
2: mechanical, and, you know, that with your senses, that's different. You know, a lot of those games now, <clears throat> it's the same thing on your computer as it is in an arcade. So pinball's So we
0: took a bunch of pinballs out of Mothballs, fixed them up, and uh, that's his business now. Noah's got a route at a barbecue place. Oh! And we're going to pick up another one at an apartment complex.
2: There's a developer that they have a huge amount of budget to put entertainment spaces. So we're, we actually connected with him through the barbecue place and he's going to have us find games, fix them up and then also service them at the apartment complexes around town. So that'll be a, a fun relationship to build and grow.
0: And and one of the reasons we decided to go retro is because of the big data aspect. So mm-hmm. we started with uh, home security. So we have all of our machines instrumented with Wi-Fi and they tell us when the doors are open and they tell us when the power goes off and they tell us if they're jarred too much, or if they're geo if they leave the geofence oh, wow. of the building. Mm-hmm. But that's just basic home security automation. We want to start getting more big data kind of IoT telemetry out of them and start spunking it, but that's next.
1: Okay. So are you using Raspberry Pis for that kind of
0: we st- I started out with a thing called a Home Z. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a, basically a Linux box because mm-hmm. uh, it's cheaper than the Raspberry <laughs> Pi. Uh, I found a used one for pretty cheap, like sixty bucks or something.
1: So we we
0: we're scraping by. We're hoping to make this thing pay for itself. Yeah. As we go along.
1: Now, what would you say is your favorite arcade game? I mean, you you sounds like you've got quite a few in your warehouse, but what's what's the one that really stays near and dear to your heart?
0: Uh, boy, that's a really hard question. Um, you're throwing me off on that one, probably <laughs> Star Trek or Medieval Madness. I feel like, well, oh, that's pinball. If you say pinball, yeah, yeah we pinball. go straight let's pinball. Say pinball. Let's say, pinball. uh, yeah, I really like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, is one of my favorite pinball machines. Uh, everybody loves Medieval Madness, it's, it's also a, a real good mm-hmm. crowd pleaser. It's gotten redone a couple times too. It's, they've done passed through different companies, yeah, and they say, well, let's make some easy money, let's just produce
1: this one again. (laughs) Guaranteed success. Yep. Yep. Now, so you've got the, the pinball and you're, uh, the pinball company, but you're also a serial entrepreneur. Yep. What's your most, what's your latest company? I I see a logo on your shirt. Splunkster. Yeah.
0: Splunkster. So that's, that's, so I was, like I told you, we were first telecom vertical. We got the A team come in and I got a crash course in Splunk and I really just enjoyed it. Literally the, the first day I saw Splunk, The guy across the hall from me downloaded it, and he said, hey, dude, come over here. Check this out. Uh, What do you think of this thing? And I said, oh, man, we can use that too. He said, well, I'm going to – he was on the network team. He said, I'm going to use it for this use case, and I I hadn't even touched it yet. Mm -hmm. I said, I'd like to run with that company-wide. Do you mind – like, you found it. You should go – he said, no, I'm just going to use it for my use case. So I'm going to bring it to the management, and we're going to bring this in and go big. And we did. And I eventually had a a boss who really – he and I really didn't get along, and my wife said, why don't you just quit? and start your own business. And I said, okay, I will. And that was about seven years ago. And uh, we, I quit before I had a client. Which isn't very smart, I I wouldn't suggest that. (laughs) Um, But I got a really big client there, like one of the top uh, five SaaS companies in the world. They've Mm -hmm. been my bread and butter ever since. So when you start a business, you, you gotta pay the bills. Like you need one bread and butter client and then you can start milking and searching and, you know, making rain and hunting out those other clients. And God has been very good to me. He gave me that one big client right away that's kept food on the table, kept the, the power bill paid the whole time. And even though they've kind of wound down now, we, we've got other ones. We've diversified it. Right. Up. Gave you time to grow and
1: make connections outside of your original company. Wow. Now, I understand that you guys are a little bit unique and well, as well in, in your employment schema, that there's a bit of teams around there.
0: Yeah, so we, one of the interesting things that ended up happening, my, I told you my vision was to have a family business. So my wife is the treasurer, and it's really overwhelming her because taxes, i got to tell you, the tax thing. <laughs> oh, is it's just, terrifying. It's unbelievable how complicated that is. And the corporation thing and all of the meetings. We're not in jail yet. <laughs> yeah, I can say that. I just tell her I don't care how much money we pay in fines. Just keep us out of jail. Uh, so she, in that sense, she's doing a great job. Um, and then Noah's my first guy that we brought in to do work with me. And then an, another guy at church, uh, Dave Allen, uh, had a really strong eBay business. And he, I showed him Splunk and he started coming to user group and he built, he, he reinvented his entire eBay biz, uh, business under Splunk and found a whole bunch wow. of things he was doing wrong a whole bunch of listings that were wrong and billings that were wrong and all kinds of things that were wrong. And so he got really good at dashboarding. So he kind of became a dashboard guy and he has his son and he has the eBay business he brought his son up into that and so we started getting mark uh he's over there watching us uh him into splunk and he's now admin certified and uh he's done a lot of work with us and so we have two father and son teams now that are our primary guys that go out in the field to Splunk with us and most people really like it
1: yeah so uh, splunkster what What kind of is your specialty there? Is are you guys more of a professional services, more educational? We were a var for a while, but I got to
0: tell you, the var business is cutthroat. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get Bant qualified, and once you do, and you register a deal, there's just always some reason
2: reason that somebody else's deal. Even when you get away, it's you know, and it's it's really not not that much
0: money. It's better now. When I was a var, it was a one-time thing, and. Then you got to get another one. Now it's the the um, lease model. We mm-hmm. Do it every year, annual. So at bed, it's a lot better now. But so we went the professional services route, and what we basically did is we found um, strategic partners. Is the main way we work. For example, uh, give a couple quick shout outs. Sure. Cask uh, is like the number one professional services company for ServiceNow. Okay. And ServiceNow and Splunk, they have you know, their Venn diagrams got a bit of overlap. And so when they are doing their um, service network and there's a Splunk piece, they'll call us up. Mm-hmm. So we did like, we did a year long project for a uh, top three uh, credit reporting company with them uh, that ended up working out pretty well. It was clunky. It was a complicated project, but in the end we came in on budget and finished. Um, so, And then we have another company. There's another really popular enterprise product called Maximo. Mm I don't know if you guys know about this, an enterprise asset management product. And there's a lot of, again, overlap. It's basically CMDB on steroids. And there's a lot of overlap between CMDB and Splunk. And so when they have a a project where they're Splunk, they'll call us. So we're sort of the Splunk experts that make other big companies look really good. We also work with a top five. Um, consulting company that everybody would know the name of. It's, it's not Accenture. They have their own thing. <laughs> and uh, we, we come in and pinch hint for them and make them look good. It, in a lot of cases, the, the pieces that overlap Splunk aren't core for your business. But if you don't get that part right, mm-hmm. you don't have a successful product, project. And we hit a home run everywhere we go. So that's Very that's good. the main way we get work. So we're not in Splunk's PS pipeline mm-hmm. as an as a official Splunk PS partner. But we have these other pipelines and these other companies we work for that we white label for. So you might not know us as Splunkster. You might know us as Cask or that other company as Strategic mm-hmm. ma- Management Solutions, SMS. You might know us as that. But we get around. We wear a lot of hats and a lot of shirts. Yeah. <laughs> not always this one. W- which aligns a
3: lot to what Splunk does, a lot of different T-shirts, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, is it only security-based use cases or what's kind of the, the realm of where you operate? So
0: where we started, started out, it was a lot of BI But as you all well know, in the last three years at least, 90-something percent of everything Splunk is security. Like, my phone rings off the hook for security. Honestly, I'm sick of it (laughs) Um, because it's so – it's shifting sand in a lot of cases. The products that are out are shifting sand, and um, the The attacks – The
2: attack vectors are always changing, and Mm. it's uh, sinking sand. It's shifting sand if you don't – Live and breathe it, you know. You really need to keep up with it.
0: Yeah, and we're not security experts. Like we have some certs and stuff, and we get around. Um, so we usually like to be have another expert on site from the client. So we build what the client likes, but I never feel like they have everything they need. Whereas if I do an IoT or a BI use case, it's like I know they have everything they need. And when we leave and we come back in a year, it'll still be perfect. And when you do a security project, if you come back in a year, like it's so there's so many moving pieces and so many things that change it'll be broken if I come back in a year which I guess is good for business we don't ever leave anything broken but it just feels like security is 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 complicated mm-hmm. uh, but so we've got a real big our big one bread and butter for this year is gonna be IOT okay in a in a top five uh, defense contractor aerospace company it's, it's a maximal one, so we came in with the SMS guys, and uh, that's going to keep us busy all year. Probably all four of our main guys yeah. be making good money and, and watching the, the cool equipment and the security clearance and all that stuff. We're, we're really looking forward to it. Oh,
1: very cool. It sounds like you've had a lot of interesting and exciting customers. Can you share any specific stories or use cases that you found particularly uh, exciting to be a part of?
0: Probably the most interesting use case I had was actually when I was a client. Okay. Um, so I don't know how much you know about the discount phone market, but uh, MetroPCS was the first kind of prepaid all-you-can-eat client mm-hmm. or uh, carrier. And so they had this really bad habit of not tracking anything because why? People are only paying $20 a month, you know. <laughs> if yeah, there's an outage, that's this- fine. Yeah. I don't need to monitor the equipment because, like you said, uh, my phone call didn't go through. Well, I'll just hang up and call again. Like when you pay twenty bucks a month, that's fine. Nobody's going to call. They're not going to tweet. They're, you know what I mean? We're, yeah. It's 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 a discount carrier. So we had very little monitoring. We had no accounting at all whatsoever. We didn't know who was doing what because it didn't matter, right? Um, if you're doing something fraudulent, somebody would let us know and we cut you off and you would come back in as Mickey Mouse or Barack Obama and you'd be back in, right? Because like, we didn't validate subscribers either. What's the point in tracking what people are doing if all they've ever done is get, give you a $20 bill, mm-hmm. yeah. right? We don't even know who they really are. So, But our CEO came out and said, um, we're going to give $5 uh, free phone calling to South America. Uh, and, and everybody said, uh, they can't be done. This is when VoIP first came yeah, out. Yeah, it can't be that, because you can't have $5 and free at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of our first add-on, bolt-on uh, things, and that we broke even on that. And then he said, we're going to do um, $10 to the world. Wow. And this was when you still had prepaid cards to mm-hmm. do long-distance calling. And he had lined up some worldwide uh, VoIP carriers, and he was going to go uh, big on VoIP. And push it to its limits. And keep in mind, we had no accounting on this. We had no, now suddenly we're paying people to place phone calls for us, so we need to we we need to find a way to do least cost routing to play the carriers against each other. So I built a least cost routing engine with Splunk, where when a phone call came in and it said this call started here and went to this place and was this long, we could do a scripted lookup to uh, uh, some. Uh, uh stored procedures in a not a Maria whatever it was before that a database and it would tell us how much it cost and if we had used this other carrier how little it could have cost and we could aggregate that on an hourly basis and tell them all right change the route to to Tel Aviv from carrier X to carrier Y and suddenly mm-hmm. we're going to save you know a hundred thousand dollars an hour Wow right and so it wasn't fully automatic. But Automatic wouldn't have been good anyway because it would have been too much churn. We would look at it every hour and we'd flip the routes. And so the entire world said, uh, Roger, you're crazy. You're going to bankrupt your company. But we made money on that feature because of Splunk. And when nobody, the whole telecom industry said, you're nuts. You're going to lose your shirt. You're going to go bankrupt. And we actually ended up making money. And it was all because of Splunk.
1: Wow, how big of a team was that? Did that take to implement? It was it was two guys. Wow. Yeah. How much
0: oh. data was it? It was a lot of data. <laughs> it, it was a huge amount of data. But again, we had uh, Ken Apathy came in with us, and he helped us with the scripted lookup part. Um, I had another guy that was the data guy, so he built the the lookup part where I said, "Here are the call details. Tell me how much it costs and how much it could have cost if it wow. was the other carrier." And and I did the Splunk part and uh, it was it was built in about two weeks, and we had four weeks to build it. From the day he mentioned we were gonna do it, we had four weeks, he gave us a launch date in a month. He said, you have to make this
1: work. So, a team of two, four weeks, tons of data,
0: mm-hmm.
1: saved millions of dollars. Yep, S- saved the company, technically, because he, he said, we are gonna do this, and we're gonna keep doing it. Wow, if that's not a sell for the power of Splunk, I don't, I don't know what is. Now, so that was quite a few years ago. Yes. And and Splunk since then has had a ton of new features. Do you have any in particular that you personally love and are a big fan of and you're, you're proud to see come to fruition over the past few years? Um, I'm kind of excited about Phantom, okay. about,
0: about the orchestration piece um, taking shape. Now, it hasn't been, they haven't really, I hope there's something at conference, mm-hmm. something that's big where you know everybody gets phantom for free by splunk enterprise get phantom uh i don't really think that's going to happen but i do believe eventually that um that these things are going to it is going to be fully integrated it's going to be one cost that it's mm-hmm. there's going to be the orchestration piece the automation piece um that it's going to be one giant thing not just a like their new slogan, the data to everything platform. Yes. If they're gonna be true to that visit, they're gonna to have to bundle all these acquisitions in, really, and make them a one cost thing. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to, to that happening, it's not there yet.
1: Yeah, it'll be really cool to see them kind of glue all the different pieces together and, and build that out. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, now I hear Splunkster as well also has a couple new products coming to market as well.
0: Yeah, we, we did two really small apps. Uh, and we're involved in a joint venture to build a security product. And basically we're going, it, it's called Simplicity. Uh, the website's GetSimplicity.com. That's S-I-E-M, but we got the S-E-I-M too in case you're dyslexic. <laughs> I we'll that. put it in the notes. <laughs>
2: it's our app. And I said, hey, you said you had the website up. Uh, it's not working for me. And he said, well,
1: let me go register you're that domain. Dumb,
2: but <laughs> I'm glad it happened to you. Let me go get the other domain right now so we can redirect
1: it. <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but we've had some issues where we're like, Big Data Beard's not working. We realize that it's Big Data Barred. Like the um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons characters? Is that so. a real? That's a real. Does that, <laughs> that, that site does not exist yet. But Corey's shaking his head, and realizing going to grab he's it. have to buy that yeah. domain. <laughs> how many more can we have him buy? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll uh, see how blockchain pans out. Maybe we could get that one too. <laughs> we'll so, the, so the idea with
0: this uh, product is it's for the analysts, uh-huh. and we're going to solve uh, a couple of different problems. Um, one, one of them is the multi-tenancy aspect, mm-hmm. but not just in the aggregation sense, but also in the fracturing sense. For example, if you are one Splunk instance mm-hmm. and you'd like one, one alert to go to two different teams and be handled two different ways, but the same exact alert, because for the network team, the InfoSec team, they, they care about it to shut it down, but for the fraud team, they need to go investigate it and get mm-hmm. the money back or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd like one alert to be handled by two different teams, so there's multi-tenancy within one one platform in the fracturing sense, but also in the aggregation sense. And also we're planning on making it uh, multi-platform. So logarithm will probably be our second one where you can have one interface and in alert from multiple systems for kind of the MSSP case. And then the other piece is we're going to make the web hook uh, really, really, really easy because a lot of companies have proprietary things they do. Like I have this, server or this account and and lookups are great but a lot of times it's it's a bit more complicated than that you need to do this and that and and do something that changes and bring it back so we're the the core product's probably going to be pretty cheap and we're going to help companies build these webhooks really really quick and there's going to be a lot of um most of the income will probably be in development for these things but the idea is that um, you can augment your data outside of splunk um, in this aggregation Same. So it's, it's electron based. So it's, it's an app you run on your laptop and, and it kind of talks across all the nodes. So it's a different way of doing it because most people have browser based uh, solutions. So we're kind of breaking it out from the browser so you could run it on other, other platforms, maybe. That you don't
1: even have a browser on that box. Yeah. Yeah, and we can get that from your website as well, right?
0: Yeah, there's a there's a demo. No, no that's a separate cuz okay. it's a joint venture thing. It's actually simplicity um but you can go to getsimplicity.com and uh the developers got a video up there about where we're at. And we're looking for alpha uh, clients who are interested in it. It's primarily geared towards fraud, okay. not not so much infosec cuz fraud has a lot of this extra stuff you can't easily do. And we, so we're looking for um maybe banks or uh, people that have where, where sort of the existing product suite just won't do it for you 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 need yeah. to glue some other stuff in that you're having problems gluing in you know it would be nice if those keep, people send us an email and we got them on board as alpha clients to drive the feature set we've
2: learned a lot from our guests about big data but now it's time to get a bit personal in a segment we like to call rapid fire pew pew
0: what is the most interesting thing that you have splunked the most interesting thing that i have splunked <clears throat> um, i can we kind of already talked about it it's the cdr data the call detail records there's a tremendous amount of intelligence and and bu- business value in those logs uh and and we We did so much with just one data set, just the call detail records. And it seemed like every time we had a meeting, somebody would say, why don't we do this with it? And we go, man, that's a great idea. And we milked that. We rode that gravy train on those CDRs (laughs) for years. It was great.
3: That's awesome. Noah, what about you?
2: Wow. Um, I'm trying to think. That is... Honestly, I would say a lot of the stuff I do with Greg is uh, some of the more low-level stuff, but I actually really enjoy, like we referenced the boss of the socks and stuff earlier, um, where you solve your own questions, and because of those questions, they lead you to Splunk really interesting things. So I would say uh, some of the things the website airs and the hosting and Splunking how long of waiting do people wait to leave you know it correlating yeah, the web the speed mm-hmm. of the web logs and the speed of the websites with people purchasing and time spent and all that um so honestly i i do a lot of the ancillary smaller things but the boss of the sock and the knock do actually lead you to do some really interesting things so i would say some of the most interesting splunking although it's simulated has been in those events i like it so I think Connor are gonna try and splunk an Oculus on the way to Austin
3: this afternoon. Yeah. That oh, might yeah. be our most interesting thing. Yeah.
1: Brett just picked up an Oculus yesterday and uh well I think he's had that visor on more often than not, which probably <laughs> says something about the company he keeps. It with absolutely us. says something about right. the company. No. All right, so Noah, what is your favorite Splunk based
2: app? My favorite Splunk based app is definitely Lookup Editor. Uh it's a good one. It's it's so final. To me, I mean I know how it works, the input lookup and the output lookup, but it's just I mean, it's done, you know. I'm I'm a newer generation guy and everything's GUI for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of the tools I've worked with, they're all GUI based. The the black box aspect of just all right, you know, output lookup, see ya in this line of, of a Splunk search where this one part of it is what you need to do, it's like, man, I, I hope I didn't make a mistake. <laughs> and when you use lookup editor, you're not only able to see exactly what you're doing in like an Excel format, uh, but you're also, or not Excel, uh, XML, XML. Yeah. Uh, but you're also able to have that built in version control that works really well where it's just all automatically built in, in lookup editor. So like, oh, like I messed up, but I I know where I messed up. You can really easily roll back to that previous version, hit save, your problem's fixed, and it's a free it's a free uh, app, and it's totally worth having. Man, I'm with you. That that is a great one, and, and that's a
0: really challenging part of Splunk. Greg, what about you? Yeah, it's funny you asked that question because that was our conference talk last year. So this oh. <laughs> this one's a gimme for both of us. Uh, I like Alert for Admins. Okay. Uh, alerts for Admins, plural. Uh, it basically is anything that you go on the monitoring console and is not there, it's probably in Alerts for Admins. So we use it all the time. We use it for our health checks. We try to drop it at all our client sites. Uh, we try to teach people to fish, you know, find their own uh, messed up stuff. It's a great Great app right, by another trustee. Yeah, it's, it's really good. You can check out our talk, 10 Must Have Apps from last year. Oh, oh definitely, cool. Definitely yeah, will. I'll
3: link that in the notes. Yep, will do. Um, Greg, what piece of technology is currently making your life worse?
0: Uh, it's So this is kind of a silly answer, but this is my pain lately. We have a pool at the house. And I don't know if you guys have ever had a pool, uh, but we're too cheap to get a pool guy. And it's... <laughs> It's always going green or cloudy, or it just seem, seems like you can never get it just right. So I quit, and I made him do it, <laughs> and he's a little better than I am. I didn't quit, but I wasn't successful, so I was fired. <laughs> yeah, he was recently—we finally did give up and get a pool guy, but it was like a point of pride, like, I'm not going to get a—we can do this, but you can't splunk it. You can't put sensors in. you get these silly strips, right? And it just—you can't really, really apply the technology you need, the automation you need. Yeah. And
1: it's just driving me insane. Dean Jackson has a pool in Brisbane. That's Splunk? That- well, he found this uh, sensor that it floats. So it looks like, you know, the pool chlorine, chlorine that floats around. But it's got the sensors in it that he's going to pull into Splunk. I'll I'll, uh, I'll hook me up. He'll man, be cause at I, Maybe I'll fire my, so
0: the we'll, guy uh, <laughs> We'll look at that, I got to yeah. have something because this driving me nuts. So,
2: no, what about you? Um, we also, I mean, this kind of sounds very first world problems for both of us. But uh, his father gave us a plane. And uh, I mean, we pay. It's not like the pool where we're trying to do it ourselves. We have the and it. It's in the mechanic shop all the time. I mean, it, we give it the best care. Whatever the mechanic says, mm-hmm. you should probably do this. We do it, but it it breaks down all like more than a luxury car. You know, an old BMW or something. I mean, it's always he, he's been trying to get his pilot for over a year, and between oh, well. the weather and the maintenance. You just can't get it's been in. a yeah. it's been a constant battle so that's definitely hard when you're chunking out and three wait, hours of your day and then you pool. drive out there and oh nope can't go up you know this is broken on it so that's yeah. definitely my pain point it's kind
1: of one of those things that you want to be mechanically reliable you you, ha- you
0: can't like the pool you can let go right you can swim yeah. if it's cloudy, cloudy don't open your eyes right no, don't, don't swallow like a, any water a car
1: like oh my check engine lights on yeah.
0: like yeah.
2: i'm out of town we'll drive to, you know it's like it it, it, can't do that. It'll <laughs> fall out of the sky, you know. You have to take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Greg,
3: what is your favorite Splunk t-shirt quote?
0: Um, so, I'm going to go biblical with you. I'd like the Moses one that says, let my people know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my favorite one. one.
3: No. what about you?
2: Uh, I, I like the because you can't always blame Canada uh, t-shirt. I just had that one on yesterday. Yeah, very American
3: of me. Really good one. Um, No, are there any shows that you are binging on right now?
2: I don't particularly binge on anything. Uh,
0: You do podcasts. Go podcast. I do listen. Guys, I do listen
2: to a decent amount of podcasts. Uh, As far as TV shows, I like to cook and I like to learn about new, different foods and stuff. So I watch a decent amount of cooking shows. Uh, but I also do listen to a couple podcasts. The newest one I found is Stuff You Should Know, and we actually listen to it pretty often when we're in the car, just because I like learning new things. And uh, since they've been at it for a few years, there's a whole host of topics to scroll through.
0: So that's probably the thing I listen to the most. Greg, what about you? We also have been wa- watching Agents of Shield. We came in kind of late, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for the next next the last. Last, Hopefully not last, but probably last season to come up. And we, I like it. You know, the good guys are good guys. And we've really had fun with that show. So I'm, that, that's the one we've been sticking with when we when we do watch TV. A
1: bit more wholesome television. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then lastly,
0: Greg, what are you looking forward to from Conf? So I'm going to spend almost all my time in the ask the experts booth. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to our talk for sure. we got two talks this year. Um, but you know, we kind of talked a little bit about answers. Um, I really, really, really like helping people. Um, there's, I mean, there's always a chance to get some business out of it. And I'm always glad when that happens, but I telling you, I cast a lot more bread on the water than ever comes back to us. And I, I, I just really like having somebody see a light bulb go off. I like teaching, um, and I, I'm going to have a blast there. I, I have people all the time come up, and, you know, we'll start talking in the Ask the Experts booth or somewhere else in the hallway or whatever, and I'll say my name, and they'll go, Woodcock, 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 Woodcock. Woodcock! <laughs> are you Woodcock on Answers? And people just light up, right? That's always fun, too. It's kind of my claim to fame, like we talked about before. In fact, uh, I'll give another shout-out to Robert Lynch, the Revolution Award winner last year. Um, He found me at conference, and I think he might have had a—he's Irish, so I think he might have had a couple of drinks in him. But he was telling me, oh, I could never. I got a Revolution Award, but you answered all of my questions. You, I wish I could give you the award because without you, I would have never finished the project. I would have never got it done. And so when you, you meet people that you've actually helped, Or you're helping new people. It just feels really good to have somebody say, hey, you know what? I couldn't have done my job without you. Kind of like you said about your dashboard. Like, I was having this problem, and I just could not figure it out. But then you showed me, and I totally get it. Like, I love the hallway track and ask the experts and just talking to people.
1: Yeah, one of the things that we uh, were talking about just before the podcast came on was that we realized that this was one of the Splunk Answers experts who had helped us out with getting the dashboards built for our road trip. So, awesome to have you here. Noah, what was also your favorite part of comp? Or what are you looking forward uh, to for Comp?
2: I always like the conversations you have uh, with other people coming to Comp. Not even necessarily the the speakers, but you know, just going to a session and talking to whoever's next to you and learning about what they're doing with Splunk. And everybody is there for the purpose of learning about Splunk, so it's as easy as just saying, "Hey, you know, what have you been doing? You know, what interesting things have you done with Splunk lately?" And you at I've probably asked that question to 50 people, and I've gotten 50 different answers. Uh, So just being around the other Splunk users and having the opportunity from learning, uh, because everybody has a different job, and everybody Splunk is so versatile. Everybody's using it for different things, so you can really learn a lot from talking to other users.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm.
3: All right. Well, Greg, Noah, thank you so much for joining us on the Big Data Beer podcast. Thank you for all you do. Thanks for all your help uh, in the past and in the future with my
0: questions on the answers. It was my pleasure then, and I look forward to answering more questions in the future. We'll be around, you guys Don't don't be a stranger to Texas. Y'all come back. Awesome, thanks. Thank y'all, thanks.
3: Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard Podcast.
1: This amazing adventure would not be possible without our incredible sponsors.
0: We thank you, Dell Technologies, VMware, Red River Technologies, Aeroelectronics, and Converging Data for making the road trip to Splunk.conf 2019 possible.
2: And be sure
3: to smash that thumbs up button so we can keep the episodes coming. Until next time, keep
1: being awesome.